up, get out of bed. Fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves. Coming at you live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. John Reed, Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard. Happy Monday to you. February the 19th. A cold Monday morning here in our beautiful city. Bob, how are you? I'm a little tired. But I feel good. It's good to be back. Had a busy weekend. It is cold. But it's a little brighter out, too. So trying to look at the positive. We're getting there. Well, I was looking at the positives because, hey, it's Monday. You got to get it off. You know, you got to get your day started off on the right foot. Your week started off on the right foot. And then I got to the studio and my laptop did a, a forced restart and is now updating. Damn. Yeah, the forced updates are tough, so uh, it's, it's currently at 0%, so we'll see how that goes. So that's good. That's good. That's my that's my glass half-empty take of the day, but otherwise, it's a great Monday. Sam, how you feeling over there in the producer chair? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty solid. I'm a little tired as well. Had a, had a good weekend. Um, saw some buddies that I haven't seen in a while. Celebrated a birthday from one of my old roommates, so good to see some of the some of my guys that I've been you know in college with for a while and stuff like that so nice to get the boys back together but definitely uh definitely a little tired this week so we get it going this morning what were the festivities for the birthday what what do what do 22 23 year olds do for their birthday these days um well I assume that's how old your friend is yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Friday night he's actually 35 <laughs> he's 45 <laughs> yeah uh Friday night we just we got like a keg and we just kind of sat on his oh. porch and just had a had a good time and then went out a little later and then next morning when you say went out where'd you go I want I want the full deets um oh do you want to give out free milk to these people or no well no well I mean you could you could say like the area did you yeah go, we did went people go on the strip or people yeah go we went on city? the strip yeah we went we went on the strip I didn't know people still went to the old uh, I didn't know if people still went to the strip yeah yeah everything's gotten turned ter- like torn down now they they uh this weekend it feels up, by design uptown's gone place is gone yeah it's definitely by design they're they're uh getting all the apartment buildings in there but yeah we went went on the strip on friday and then saturday we kind of did a little bit of a little bit of day drinking down old city and then watched wow. games and stuff like that have so we had a good time a weekend, Sam. yeah we had a good time have yourself a week and then rest day rest uh and recovery day on sunday yep watch some uh watch some replays of our games and stuff like that from the weekend got caught up on some on some highlights and all that so okay. good weekend Bob, what about you? How was your trip down to Savannah? It was good. It was, uh, we didn't get any rain. There was a lot of talk of rain happening, which would have sucked, but uh, it never really happened. It was a little overcast, but uh, I love that town, man. Second visit, I liked it even more. Um, We were down there for a college visit, so. um, Is that currently the clubhouse leader? 
Yes, it's early though. She's sure. you know she's got a little bit of time. She even said she, uh, my daughter said she wants to obviously look at a couple other places, but we were looking at. Uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, otherwise known as SCAD, very cool, very cool institution. Um, so you know, it's one of those deals where my wife and I may like it more than the daughter. You know, so sure. we we gotta we gotta tamp that down a little bit because you could sense it with my daughter, kind of like, yeah, it's all right. You know, it's it's good. Just you know, and we're like, man, isn't this awesome? Because I think we're looking at it thinking this was not like college was for us at all, as just, far as amenities and all that stuff. Is she savvy enough to realize that if she goes to that college, there'll be a lot more parents' weekends coming down to visit <laughs> because because you want to yes. go down and, and check out Savannah and have a good excuse to go to to go there. Uh, she yeah maybe maybe yeah. she's she's play it cool Bob. I know we're trying. Yeah, I don't know school's all right. It's yeah, fun. it's whatever you want. Well, she she asked me yesterday we we're having breakfast and my wife went away to go get you know some water or something and some my daughter goes uh, so what did you think of the place and I go oh I liked it and then I it hit me I was like you know but hey doesn't matter what we think it's really about you so. You gotta like it, and she goes, "Yeah, I I, th I like it. I just you know want to keep looking." So, ah, <sighs> but it was a good weekend. It it uh, we didn't hit any traffic, which can be a problem, you know, as you're going through the mountains in North Carolina, that area. Uh, we were lucky. We each time when we went down, coming the opposite way, gridlock. When we came home yesterday, going the opposite way, gridlock. So we never hit that. So thankful for that. So it was good. What about you, man? Solid weekend, solid weekend. Uh, Friday played some checkers, dominated that. Hung out, met a listener. Shout out to Wit. Let's go. Felt bad because I messed up his name. But he, he says he listens to the morning show every morning, so shout out to him. But I also feel like I, I've been on record plenty of times of saying, A, I'm, I'm kind of deaf when I'm out and about. I can't really hear well. B, I'm bad with names. And, and C, I'm always like, when I'm drinking, I, you know, it's – Details aren't as, as important to me. So when I left, I was like, see, Quinn, nice to meet you. And then I got outside. I was like, wait, that's not his name. So I went back in. I was like, sorry, man. I was like, I don't think I got your name right. He laughed. I hope he's like, wasn't like, hey, this guy's a jerk. Because I was apologetic. I went back in. I, I doubled back. That scores more points. Yeah, if you didn't go there. back, it would have been more concerning. Yeah, I, 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 I've been there. I've, I've had to do that. And, and, yeah, keep it real, man. Do what you did. That's good. I doubled back. I was like, look, I, was like, I couldn't hear you when you said it earlier. I was like, but that didn't feel right. So shout out to him. Played some checkers. Listened to maybe one of the worst. I, I, this, I've, I've noticed this guy was at a particular place that I went to kind of frequently during the COVID years. And he would be there performing. So it was a Friday night. I found myself there at this place again. He was performing again. And I was like, oh, yeah. I told the people I was with. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty good. I don't know if I was just drinking a lot more during COVID or else he's melted in or – Cause he was bad, man. He was one of the worst singers. He's one of the worst singers I've ever seen. He was messing up the words. He was not good. But I think maybe what I remembered and what I still found enjoyable was his song or his song selections. He plays good songs. He's just bad at singing them. But maybe I'm not there to actually hear him sing. I'm there to just kind of sing along to myself and tap my feet and listen to the songs I like. So maybe that was it. I don't know. But boy, was he bad. He just needs a number two. He had no, 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 he had number two. He had two number twos. They rotate up, and they were both bad, too. The woman that was with him was worse than him. He needs to become the manager of the band. <laughs> yeah. He, he need, no, he needs to scrap it. He needs, he needs Just to, only pick the songs. Yeah, he Sam. needs to scrap it and find a, a complete new singer, too. The singing was the number two. <laughs> yeah. 
really what we're saying. It wasn't great, but I did like the song selection. And then, yes, yeah, Saturday, Saturday, I can't remember what the hell I did Saturday. Saturday, I think I just laid around, uh, watched basketball, recovered. And then Sunday, uh, I binged watched a full season of a TV show that I hadn't seen yet. So that's always a good Sunday, just seven hours, just boom, right in front of the TV. I've got these home weights, so I'm doing a little working out in between. You know, at least I feel like I'm not completely a couch potato. So that was solid. Then I watched some All Star games, uh, and then uh, you know kept up with the baseball game. It was it was a good it was a good weekend for me. Kind of right where I needed to be. Do something Friday, and then do nothing else Saturday on Sunday. Hey, I saw something. Okay, back to this Georgia trip for one second. While we're talking about weekends. I saw something that I've never seen before. You were talking about bad singer. I saw a really good singer, and he was. He was a bartender there. So we were, it nice. was in the hotel. Dip. You know, it was a hotel bar. It was one of those deals, you know, the hotel gives you these vouchers for free drinks. And so my wife and I were like, yeah, we'll head down there for a little bit. And so we go down, and there's this guy with a big rig that's playing like, you know, he's got like a keyboard and he's playing songs. And I'm, it's really loud. And I'm like, oh man, what? I don't know about this. And, but then all of a sudden the song Georgia came up. The old, I think that was Ray Charles, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, all of a sudden, I hear this guy singing it, and it's like, God, that sounds good, man. He's singing Georgia, and you know, and so or Georgia on my mind, whatever it is. And so I go and I sit and I look, and the guy's walking around with the microphone. And then I watch him a little more, and he goes back behind the bar and starts making drinks while he's singing. While he's singing, he was great. I went up there, and he, you know, he dude had game. He was younger, had kind of the Jonas Adu hair, you know, and just good tall dude. Good build. I'm sure there were, you know, he, he's probably he, he he probably does okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was a good dude. He was, you know, we worked with him for a couple hours, you know, getting drinks and stuff. But that was the only time he sang. But it's first I've ever seen a a bartender working the mic, pouring a drink, pretty good pour. He was good. Straight out of Coyote Ugly. Is that what they did? I never saw Coyote. Uh, they, they did. They did more dancing, but uh, the the Piper, her character, yeah, she, Piper Paraboo. Yeah, she'd get up there and sing. Yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of a highlight. It was kind of cool. Feels like something that should happen like in Nashville. I bet that happens all the time in Nashville. They're like, boom, shut up. Enough <laughs> singers in this town. Yeah, this guy was good. That was the other thing. Of course, he only sang that song, so it makes you wonder. Okay, maybe he's just got a few in his game game plan and that's it but it was good maybe he welcomes people into georgia and sings the state song it's a nice touch did it affect your tip did a little yeah gotta that's say good yeah gotta say get a little show with it yeah no i stiffed him no, oh. no, no. <laughs> like, i'm not here to hear you, hear you sing pretty boy no 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 uh no it did it, it, no definitely uh i was a fan so it was good mr and mrs smith since you didn't ask what tv show i binge watched yesterday uh, mr and mrs smith Oh, uh, the new Donald Glover version? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Is I it? enjoyed it, yeah. I like Donald Glover. Three for three on his TV shows. He's, he's good. He hasn't missed yet. I understand your tweet now. Yeah. Yeah, I was confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just, it was, I was tweeting just so Amazon knew, maybe. Because, okay. you know, that's what they say these days. Like, when you only get one season, you got to show support. Like, hey, hit the thumbs up, and you got to send some tweets, too, because mm -hmm. they hadn't confirmed season two yet, so, you know. Between that and I watched the Vince Staples little Netflix five episode thing, I had to tweet that out too. I had to let them know. Let them know you're interested. That people are watching. Yeah, I saw the trailer last night. You just made me think of this when you said Donald Glover, um, Brian Tyree Henry, Paperboy. Uh huh. He's like in the new Godzilla versus or Godzilla and Kong. They become allies, and it's like 
man, I guess these guys got to get paid. I understand, but I think that has a chance to be a good movie. The the first Godzilla was pretty good, or like the first of the new. I think it's the first of the new generation or whatever that came out a couple of years ago. I thought it was pretty good. And I, you know, I don't know how I feel about Kong coming back or coming into the the fray or whatever. But hey, the when Godzilla was fighting another big Godzilla, I, I, I found it to be enjoyable. And I'm not really a sci-fi nerd. I'll watch this one too. I just wonder what the who the bad guy is going to be in this if they've got to team up. It's society, probably. <laughs> Could be society, probably. Could be. Yeah. Although I, I did say they make Godzilla run in this one, which is weird because I don't think I've ever seen Godzilla run before. No. Yeah. But shout out to him. Yeah, get get your paper, boy. <laughs> Tennessee with a busy weekend from basketball and baseball. We'll dive into that after the break. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. Traffic's on the increase right now. Coming up Alcoa Highway, coming out of Blunt County, especially up by Topside Road as you head towards Knox County. Back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I thought it was a good weekend for Tennessee basketball. I thought it was a good weekend for Tennessee basketball as South Carolina absolutely chokes a game away at home against LSU. Auburn gets absolutely dominated at home by Kentucky. And meanwhile, Tennessee kept rolling along as they you know, put on an offensive clinic in the first half against Vanderbilt. Kind of just coasted in the second half. And while coasting, still scored 37 points. So, yeah, Tennessee with a big-time performance as they beat Vanderbilt 88-53. to It was a balanced attack. Your entire starting five ends up with double figures. You got two guys off the bench that score at least eight as Toby Awaka who basically split minutes pretty evenly with Jonas. He ends up with nine points. And then Cam, all gas, no brakes, car came in and continues a streak of being undefeated as long as he plays. And boy, was he up there getting shots up. It was happy to see my little baby boy up there getting those shots off. But yeah, Tennessee, a balanced attack, leading scores tied with 14 points each. It was a quiet Dalton Connect night by his standards. Everyone got to eat. It was a dominant performance. Bob, what were your takes? Well, I was at a place uh, where there was a singing bartender and there was no SEC network on TV. So wow. I ended up I, – I joined the game eventually on my phone. Thank thank you. Shout out to YouTube TV. It is amazing, the technology we have. Just We get these little computers in our pocket. We can watch games anywhere. Yeah. Sam, this isn't even that long ago, but back in my day – you know, I had to text. There was a number you had to text to get updates on scores. And it would text you back and say, here's the score. Here's how much time's left. You just had to text the number. That kind of sounds more thrilling, though. It was when you're sweating a you know a gambling pick. You're trying yeah. to see if there's going to be a run, You know, especially in basketball. Are, are you going to have this little 8-0 run that you need? There's almost a little more of a rush when it's not just at your fingertips. It is true. <laughs> you, you do come desensitized to being able to access any game. And not only, like, keep up with the score and have it be, you know, pretty timely, 
but also, yeah, yeah, to be able to watch it. Also, live betting, you just have to wait till like halftime. They didn't even have live betting, and then when they did, you had to wait till the commercial break and hope that they fired one up during the three minute break. Now it's just possession by possession. I feel like, just to add on to that, I should be like, Sam, back in my day. There's, uh, <laughs> seriously, though, it was fantasy baseball I was playing, and it was just on the kind of the dawn of the internet. And the service we had to use, we had to wait for them to mail the week's stats in. So you could kind of keep track in real time by looking at a newspaper and stuff. But you didn't have the internet like you do now. And then that stuff would come in. It's horrible, man. I think back to that, and it's like, it wasn't that long ago. Did I'm, you blame your fantasy performance just on your mailman? Yeah. Like, stats didn't come in this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it was. Couldn't it was get that guy off waivers. Totally rough. It's like, hey, you know, they could have even faxed stuff, really. <laughs> it's not that hard. But um, And it, Bob's sitting there in Savannah getting to watch the game on his phone. Look at how far we've come. Exactly. So I picked up the game, but, but I mean, it really, at that point, God, the start these guys had, obviously. Um, I, I did go back again on YouTube TV and watch the key plays, which is a nice little feature. They kind of show you everything that happened. And so uh, it was nice to see Josiah and, and Santee hitting threes again. Josiah's been hitting more of them lately, but it was nice to see Santee taking shots more than anything. Um, it was just, man, let's talk about total domination from everything I could see here. The threes were falling. Vandy's horrible. Tennessee took care of business. It's just the way it should be. It's that's two times in a row now that's happened, and that that feels good because you mentioned it, John. We just saw you know South Carolina came down to earth a little bit this this past week, getting blown out by Auburn and then losing one that's inexplicable to me on at home against LSU. Yeah, I was feeling the vibes after the weekend, so I texted our group chats. Probably made Bob question his partner. What kind of guy he's sitting next to? Because I was like, hey, guys, really like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton tonight to, to go over his points in the All-Star game. If it doesn't, I'm not coming to work next week. <laughs> I'm going to lay in a hole. I got to hide out from some people. Uh, I won't see you if he doesn't score his 16 points. And he had 15 in a minute and a half stretch. And I was like, okay, I think we're good. But I took all the winnings and I put it on the balls last night to win the SEC outright. Nice. Because I thought the narrative kind of changed in terms of, well, A, like I said, you had Auburn – and South Carolina almost disqualified themselves from the race. B, you had another good Tennessee offensive performance. 33 field goals. 28 assists. 28 assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that to me tells the story of the game. That's the ball movement that you want to see. And the balance, obviously, I told you, you had seven guys with at least eight points off of, of your starters in double figures. Connect still led the way with 11 shots, but 6 of 11. Wasn't like he had a high usage at the free throw line. He only had 11 shots. He had five assists, too. Five assists, yeah. He played a very uh, well-rounded game. Tennessee was dominant, just dominant and balanced. Like Sam said, 28 assists on those thirty-eight, on those 33 field goals. And only seven turnovers, too. I mean, they're uh, – I think – I think you're right. I think this has turned quickly into a, a two-team race. I, I really believe that. Um, that March 2nd game in Tuscaloosa is huge. It was big already. Now, in, in a week's time, it's become huge in my mind. Um, plus, Auburn, not only did they lose their game, they may have lost Jalen Williams for extended time, one of their best players. We had talked about Alabama's schedule two weeks ago. 
I don't know if it's optimism, if it's me trying to will it into existence, but I will say, you know, that was one of my takeaways from the weekend and one of the reasons I wanted to pull the trigger where I could still get Tennessee plus 175. But I do think Alabama's upcoming schedule down the stretch is, is way tougher than we gave it credit for maybe two weeks ago. Like, Florida's playing really good basketball. Florida's hot. I believe they've won seven of their last eight, and their one loss is a one-point loss at Texas A&M. That's the other thing keeping them from an eight-game winning streak. they got to play Florida twice on Wednesday of this week, and then I assume probably Florida senior night on Tuesday, March 5th. I don't, I don't know if Florida would have a game after that at home, but I assume that's their senior night it is. So, like, having to play that red-hot Florida team twice, having to go to Kentucky, which all of a sudden looks like Calipari was right a little bit in terms of, like, hey, we'll get it together. Because, like, they were actually playing defense against Auburn. Yeah. They were trying. Now, Auburn, you know, could thank Katie Johnson for going out there and jacking up a bunch of shots and doing his whole routine. But, like, Auburn couldn't score. I think they had, like, eight points the first 11 minutes of the game or something crazy like that. Nine points the first 11 minutes of the game. So, yeah, when I look at Alabama and they got to play – at Kentucky, Florida twice, at Ole Miss, and Tennessee, a, a team that I think matches up really well with them. I think there's some chances here for Tennessee, who almost assuredly is going to own the tiebreaker over them. If there is a tiebreaker, Tennessee is almost assuredly going to own it. I thought now was the time to jump on Tennessee plus 175 to win the conference because I feel like that's a good bet right now. Yeah, so that head-to-head obviously is important. And then, so we have, what, six games left? Yep. There's a lot out there, chatter of, you know, Tennessee goes 5-1. and one. I, I wonder, you know, th- that would mean Alabama's got to go 4-2 and two for Tennessee to get the tiebreaker, right? Or five, well, they have seven games left. Do they? No, they have six. They have six. Ten and two and nine and three. Tennessee's a game behind. Tennessee yeah. controls their own destiny if they win out. But, yes, in this scenario, uh, Tennessee can afford a loss even to Alabama. And if you have Alabama lose two of at Florida, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, home for Florida, if they lose two and Tennessee only loses one, there's a really good chance that Tennessee then will win the tiebreaker after this weekend since South Carolina lost. Because you're going to assume that Auburn or Florida or Kentucky is going to be the number three seed. And the way the SEC tiebreaker works is it just goes down what your record is against the seeds. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be, it says the one seed, but obviously this is a race for the one and two seed. So then it would go to three seed. So. Assuming that South Carolina isn't the three seed, which them losing to LSU really puts them behind the eight ball, it'll come down to what your record is against either Auburn or Florida or Kentucky. And Tennessee, in this scenario, would be undefeated against Kentucky, undefeated against Florida, and undefeated against Auburn in this scenario. The other game that's becoming <clears> – <throat> it's always big, but it, it looks like it becomes super big potentially is – is Kentucky coming in here now? I mean, if you look at their schedule, they have LSU. They do have Alabama, as we've mentioned, at Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and then at Tennessee. And it's it's scary to think, but they, just like you said, John, they look different on Saturday. They, uh, they could be right back in this thing. I don't know if I'm willing to start thinking of them as a threat to win the SEC, oh, no. but – but, yeah, they're, they're peaking. And, that, you know, if you told me they went to Nashville and won the SEC tournament, 
that wouldn't surprise me just because they take it very seriously and they do have the talent and they are they, they did finally play good basketball last week uh, in terms of just last week's performance they were i believe the number one defense in the country in terms of adjusted efficiency just in just in the one week sample i believe they were number one and tennessee was number either two or three i know both were in the top three along with like pepperdine maybe was the other school i think but yeah like the sec race for the championship i think is still just going to be tennessee and alabama but if you tell me that if kentucky goes to tennessee goes to the thompson bowling arena at food city center and beats us and also beats alabama at home then yeah maybe they'll start thinking hey we got a pretty good shot of actually stealing a, a split ourselves I guess if you're South Carolina now, it's just you got to just scrap for that double buy at this point, right? I mean, scrap for the double buy, and honestly, you probably still have to scrap to make the tournament. Like you, you yeah. can't fall apart if you're South Carolina. That loss to LSU was bad. They had a week from hell on Wednesday. They lose about forty at Auburn. But yeah, they go to Mississippi, to A and M, Florida, Tennessee, and that Mississippi State. Like every one of those games feels like a coin flip now. Now that you lost that LSU game, at Mississippi, at A&M feels like a coin flip. Home against Florida, home against Tennessee feels like games that you you might even be underdogs in. And then at Mississippi State. So, yeah, you're trying to avoid, you know, an eight-game losing streak or a seven-game losing streak, I guess. So, yeah, they're not worried about the SEC championship. I don't know if they're still worried about the double bye. They may be, you know, just clinging to their NCAA tournament life. But that was a bad loss to LSU. Well, and keeping this thread up, if you look at Auburn's remaining schedule, and again, they're that was a tough loss for them Saturday night. Again, we'll wait to see what happens uh, on the the verdict with Jalen Williams as an injury. But they only have five games left uh, at Georgia, at Tennessee, and then at home against Mississippi State, at Missouri, and home against Georgia. Not tough, really, other than Tennessee, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a bad loss for Auburn to Kentucky. And then it was funnier whenever you saw Bruce in there huffing and puffing, talking about how the championship runs through Auburn. Well, it did for one night, Bruce. In a sort of a kind of a way. I mean, you didn't really affect – you couldn't catch Alabama at this point, so I don't really understand what he was getting at by saying that the championship ran through Auburn. Boy, he threw a fit at that, towards the end. I mean, all of the <laughs> – Uh, Maybe I shouldn't talk about his physique, but he looks swollen. Yeah. He looks swollen. Probably won't be taking the shirt off anytime soon like he used to. Yeah, I'm at the point now where I've, I'm worried about him whenever he gets to screaming, though. Yeah. Like, I don't know how his cardiovascular <laughs> health is. Like, I don't want him screaming and, and popping a blood vessel or, you know, clutching his chest. Calm down a little bit. Yeah. Calm down a little bit. It hits different when you're – 40 pounds overweight. Be careful. Maybe less soft pretzels on the sidelines. Um, Is he yeah. a soft pretzel guy? I don't know. Oh, okay. I could just picture him grabbing one, though. Okay. He's mad and getting a big bite out of one or something. I don't know. Um, being able to coach in a T-shirt helps, though. I will say that. <laughs> it, it does help with the weight gain. Him being able to find a nice loose T-shirt to be out there in instead of sweating through a suit. I'm just glad the jungle thing got shut down a little bit for yeah. a minute, yeah. at least. Uh, I, I was getting tired of hearing about that. Wildcats, the, the king of the jungle, on Saturday night. We'll continue talking Tennessee basketball after the break. We'll take your phone calls if you want to weigh in. 865-546-8200.
you want to talk some SEC hoops, some Tennessee basketball, 865-546-8200. Sam sent us to break. We'll come back. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Sam, we didn't get your take on Tennessee Vanderbilt. I don't know how much is to be sad about this actual game. You know, when you look at just how dominant it was and and maybe the bigger story coming out of it is just how dead Jerry Stackhouse is. At least his tenure at, at Vanderbilt seems to be coming to a a merciless end. But what were your takes? Yeah, I mean, y'all definitely touched on it there. I think – the assist to me was was kind of my big takeaway in terms of 28 assists on 33 made shots. Uh, but also, you know, I just thought getting all of your young players at least 10 minutes of playing time kind of late into the season I think is, is really valuable and kind of just letting your starters basically have an off night. If only having to play 20 minutes, you're here into the back half of your schedule where, you know, the wear and tear of the season starting to starting to add up. And I'm sure you've got some guys that are kind of banged up and are playing through some injuries and stuff like that. So I think it's great to be able to to give your starters basically just 20 minutes of run and six games left in the SEC schedule. You get some freshmen, some confidence kind of in conference play in case those guys maybe have to step up in March and give you some minutes down the stretch and stuff like that. So I think in a, in a pretty perfect game that you played in terms of team-wise, I think it was good to be able to see some young guys get a lot of run. Good point by you on that when it came to – Young guys playing early and often. I don't know if it was Rick Barnes hearing the cries of people wanting to see some young guys get some minutes, let the older guys get some rest, or if it was just him trying to do a solid for his his boy, Stack, who, you know, Coach Polinski told us Rick Barnes has a real affinity for because it, against other teams, the, the starters would have been in in the second half a lot more than they were on Saturday night. I don't know which one to, you know, give the blame for, the credit for. I don't know I don't know which reason, if it was just maybe a little bit of everything. Like, hey, let's get some young guys some run. Let's let Connect and, and Zakai finally get some minutes off. And let's also not, like, you know, beat this team by 70. Because the way the first half went, you might could have beaten that team by, like, 60 or 70 if you really wanted to. I think you're right. I think maybe that it was um... – how he feels about Stackhouse because he probably looked at this game my god at the first half it's like there's no way this team's coming back where you know Arkansas was a different kind of story if you look at that comparison although Tennessee got a huge lead but I don't know maybe he thought Arkansas could somehow shoot their way back in at some point sure wasn't going to happen with Vanderbilt based on what I saw and it is good seeing those younger guys play, particularly at this time of season as we're getting closer and closer to the tournament, letting the, the regulars get a little bit more rest. Um, there was a lot of good – I mean, I know it's Vandy, but there was a lot of good to draw from this game from what I can tell. It's uh, Like you said earlier, it was kind of a feel-good game for the weekend. Getting those guys' reps and, and getting those minutes on the bench – you know, for your your top five players, I think is very important. The minutes for the young guys, I don't know how much is going to play into 
affect, you know, like moving forward this season. But it was nice to see, you know, Freddie and, and, and Carr out there. But I don't know, like, how much they're going to play when it comes tournament time. You know, like, you know, I, I don't think the rotation is all of a sudden going to expand. Now, there, there will be a game at some point where one of those guards, either Freddie or, or Carr, is going to have to give you, like, three or four minutes. They'll have to give you a four-minute spurt. But, like, I don't anticipate either one of those guys playing more than, than five minutes in an important game. I think you're right. But it's a reward for, like, hey, keep chasing this carrot in terms of practice and showing up and preparing. You finally got, you know, 13 minutes of playing time, and you got to do some things. If you're Carr, you got to hit a couple threes. If you're Freddie, you got to go out there and run around, have a couple passes, get some shots up yourself. I don't know if they're going to matter when it comes to tournament time because I think that rotation is going to get smaller, right? Like, you're going to play seven and a half guys. But there will be a game where either Phillips or Estrella, when he's healthy, has to come in and give you four or five minutes as a third big. And there will be some times when, when either Freddie or Carr is going to have to come in and, and run around and grab a couple rebounds or, or dribble the ball for a bit. How do we feel now about – I was looking at Ganey's line, 0 for 6 from the field, but off the heels of some pretty good games. Do we do we just accept now with Ganey that it's going to be hot and cold and that, you know, the hot games are going to be worth it? Because, I mean, he played 20 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. Um, and he wasn't hitting, clearly, but he's been playing well by and large. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee starters themselves, 20 minutes for Jonas, 22 for Dalton, 24 for Zakai. 22 for Santi, 18 for Josiah. Your two normal bench players, or I guess your three normal rota- uh, rotation bench players. Awako with 16. That's that's a little bit more than he usually plays. Ganey with 20. Meshack with 16. So those guys are kind of in lockstep with what they usually do. Ganey a couple extra minutes, I guess. You know, with Ganey, Bob, to answer your question, if he doesn't hit a shot within his first two, I'm going to I'm going to. I usually come to the terms with the fact he's probably not going to hit a shot all night. If he misses both of his first two, then, yeah, it's going to be a bad night. He's going to throw up a two for eight or an 0 for six or something like that. Now, you know, in the Kentucky game, we gave him credit, and I believe that was a two and two for eight performance shooting-wise, but we gave him credit for still impacting the game and still hustling and still making plays. As far as how he performed on Saturday, got to be honest, I don't remember him doing anything good or bad because it was not yeah. highlighted at all. It was just all kind of in the flow of the game. Here, get your shots up. I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm worried about him because he's shown that he can actually make some shots and make an impact. You didn't need him against Vanderbilt. I don't remember being like, oh, my God, what is he doing? So, yeah, no no takes on him from the Vanderbilt game. That was a low-pressure game for everybody. The starters, I mean, all those guys were basically right, either right at five, uh, 50%. If you're looking at Jonas or everybody, you know, your starters, 5 of 10 from the field, 6 of 11, 5 of 6, 4 of 6, 5 of 7. I don't know what percentage that is, but quick math tells me that's going to be somewhere around like 67 to 70% of what those guys shot. So I'm okay with the bench, you know, looking to try to get some buckets and not really being able to get them. Yeah. Yeah, they were about, yeah, you're right, about 63%, something like that, roughly for those five yeah take that every night they were really good 
Tennessee continues to rise offensively. They're up to, I guess they dropped down a couple spots, actually, which is crazy. You score 50 points in the first half, and you drop two spots. They're down to 15th in terms of offensive efficiency. I believe they were 13th heading into the game. Their defense back to being a top five unit. They're holding steady at fifth. Their net ranking, they are holding steady, I believe, at number uh, six on there. They picked up another quad one win. No, not from Vanderbilt, but Florida has now become a quad one win as Florida now, I think, sits at 28th in the country to be quadrant one. But you want to stack up as many of those wins as possible. To be a quad one win, you have to be a top 30 team. If it's a home game, a top 50 opponent, if it's going to be a neutral site game, and a top, I believe, 75, if it's going to be a road opponent. So Florida currently meeting the threshold as they are now number 28. Which, by the way, Florida, 18-7 and seven this year, playing better. All seven of their losses, quadrant one. So Florida's yet to kind of drop any stinkers. Their new coach maybe knows what he's doing. I know a lot of people said that when they hired him, but it seems like he might be pretty solid there. But yeah, Tennessee 5-5 five and five now against the quad one. With a couple of opportunities, uh, you know, what, three or four opportunities down the stretch to kind of uh, continue to build off that. Any other final thoughts about Tennessee basketball when it comes to the Vanderbilt game? I don't think the Missouri game, you know, is is worth sweating over. It, it, it's another one of those games where you hope that you get some young guys some minutes. Missouri, not very good. They're eight and seventeen in the SEC, or excuse me, eight and seventeen overall. Winless, of SEC still games. winless in the SEC. Yeah, right? still winless in the SEC. When you're looking at young guys, I'd like to see them get some road minutes. Now, it's not going to be like a hostile atmosphere by any means. Like, it's not going to be that. But, like, I'd like to see those young guys continue to play and Tennessee kind of be able to kind of keep their, their older guys or their starters a little bit fresh for this stretch run. Because next, you know, this upcoming Saturday at home against A&M, it's going to be a tough game. That's a team you owe some revenge to. And then, of course, you get to that final four-game stretch. It's so weird that Missouri was so good last year. 8-17 and 17 and Ofer in the SEC. Uh, that's more like it. I know they lost to Kobe Brown, but I don't I don't think they lost that many players. They, I look at their roster right now, and I see guys from last year's team, Sean East, Nick Honor. I mean, they're – Kobe was great, but they also just kind of caught lightning in a bottle yeah. last year, I think. I definitely – it's funny how fleeting it can be for these coaches, too, because I was really impressed with Dennis Gates last year. It doesn't mean he's a bad coach based on what's happening this season, but it does give you a little bit of pause. Um, it makes you wonder, like, about we've been touting Lamont Paris. Is he in that same boat we're going to see here in the next week or two? Yeah, if you're him, maybe you uh, you ride this wave and try to go find you a new job and yeah. and get out and continue to rise. Because, yeah, for, uh, for Missouri's coach, he – He's now probably on the wrong side of, like, fan feelings. Not calling him necessarily a hot seat candidate yet, but if you're a Missouri fan, you're probably like, hey, last year was more of a fluke. This seems this seems ugly here now. Can he build this? Can he actually be good? Because, like, all the goodwill from last year should be used up. 
you guys remember uh, Emmanuel Lewis, Webster? No. Little guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Dennis Gates looks like him. You'll have to look it up in the break. I'm telling you, he looks like an adult version of uh, Webster. And it might be because he always wears that. He wears that same suit and yellow tie every time. It's just like kind of a. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Just an observation. Doesn't... Sam's over like, who the hell are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, no, Sam. No there's idea. no way in hell Sam, Sam knows what I'm talking about, but. Uh, he was now, he was a hot he was a he was a white hot little celebrity for a while, old Webster. It felt like when I was younger, it felt like Webster. You know, I don't even know what years Webster was on TV, but <laughs> seeing him, you know, when I was younger, it felt like a, an answer to Gary Coleman is what it felt like they were trying. Yes, to, yeah. It felt like they were trying to uh, recreate that magic. Oh, God, drink some White Claw hard seltzer on your Monday morning. Get this week started off properly. Pick you up a bottle of their vodka, or if you just need a little seltzer, they got non-alcoholic seltzer as well. We appreciate White Claw Hard Seltzer for their support. Cherokee Distributing locally for their support as well. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Did you find? After yesterday's loss to Ohio State, Purdue lost the number one overall seed, according to ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi. He has UConn grabbing that number one spot as the UConn death machine just marches on. They had talked about that you know top five matchup between UConn and Marquette and, and build it as a big-time game and what it was was a big-time flex where UConn just kind of gets to show, like, hey, nobody in this conference is on our level. Maybe nobody in the country is on our level. They moved to 9-2 and two in, in quad one games. That's the best mark in the country. Sam, you said you have them repeating? Yeah, I think they're going to repeat. I've been saying it, honestly, for most of the year. I think it's proven so far this week that, you know, it's – Pretty much UConn's the most dominant team in the country, and there's probably Purdue's that next step down, but I think there's still probably a big gap between those two even. Well, Bob, did you watch a lot of the Purdue game, or were you traveling back and didn't get to see it? I was traveling back. Okay. I watched the condensed highlights of it, which um... – Well, what, what's been the reason that people have given for the loss? Is it just like, hey, one of those games? <laughs> was it Purdue's guard play kind of rearing its head again? Because it looked like Edie – from a stat standpoint, had a pretty good game. Eddie, he had a pretty good game statistically, except he had six turnovers. Ohio State swarmed him underneath, which is a problem with him sometimes. You know, he, he just doesn't get the ball high enough and start getting the ball taken away. And the guards, honestly, were a little bit of a problem. Non-ED players shot 16 of 42 from the field and had only 10 assists compared to eight turnovers. So – um, it wasn't just the guards. It was a little bit of everybody. And that tends that happened a lot last year. It hasn't happened much this year where they just bank on Edie so much that if he can't deliver, nobody else can. Um, yeah, it did seem like the whistle had kind of gone away a little bit. I think it was a two-point game when I saw it, but Edie got stripped in the post and is looking back at the ref like, come on, bro, you've been giving me this call all year. It's yeah. a foul. Put me on the free throw line, please. I need it. 
and and you know it didn't happen. Ohio State gets a run out, I believe, and picks up a foul and gets to go shoot free throws. But yeah, UConn now number one in terms of their overall seeding. Tennessee number six. They kind of slipped a little bit in the ranking, but they are back to being number six and matched up with Purdue. Yeah, matched our, up with Purdue. Our guy Palm also dropped Purdue down to the. He had him as their number one overall seed, and uh, so it's it's unanimous now. Everybody's on the UConn train as they should be. I I also think we, I was the one talking about. Hey, I think Texas might go in and give Houston a game. Ah didn't happen yeah i told you on friday i didn't see that one the way the same way you were talking about it. i was like I, I don't know what gives you any confidence with this texas team to be able to do that and, and that was a beat down as well yeah so Although, interesting game tonight as houston kind of the main event in college basketball as they host iowa state iowa state is one of their three losses sam do you think this is worth rooting for iowa state in or is it one of those like actually tennessee should root for houston to keep Iowa State away from from passing Tennessee, <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, I, I think if Tennessee just takes care of business coming down the stretch in their schedule, I don't think you'll have any problem in terms of their seeding. But it is, I think it is a team that is kind of in that you know backseat a little bit, kind of creeping up on the on the heels of Tennessee a little bit. And Houston, a win over them would absolutely help. Yeah, right now Iowa State getting credit for being uh, the number eleven seed overall. I don't know how much weight a win at Houston carries, but you would think that would almost get them on the two line above Kansas, for example, move them up a couple spots and maybe move Kansas down a spot. Yeah, maybe Tennessee's not in danger, but I don't think Tennessee's going to run the table. Like, I don't know if that's a hot take or whatever, but like I think Tennessee's got one loss in them. I think so, too. I hope not. And the schedule, I mean, does – Set up decently well, I think. You know, when you look at Missouri, and then you get to your four-game stretch we've been waiting on all year, or five-game stretch, I guess, now, with home at A&M, that should be a win. And then, yeah, like the game at Alabama, the home game against Auburn. Bob, as you sit here right now forecasting a week ahead, like what percentage do you give Tennessee of winning both of those games? For this week? No, no, next week. For next at Aub- week. At Auburn and, and – or excuse me, home for Auburn and at Alabama. I'd this love- week should be like a 80%, yeah, 85%. It, so next week I'd say 55%. I worry about that game in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. I really do. Uh, just, just because of the way Tennessee handled them here in Knoxville, you know they're going to be jacked up. Um, I don't worry about Auburn like I did maybe two weeks ago. I, I really think Tennessee can handle Auburn. Not worried, but um, get to play some exciting basketball though. Yeah, but like you know, down the stretch, your your final six games. I mean, I think five and one keeps you on the two line. Yeah. I think Tennessee can go five and one. Five and so. one, if it's the right five and one, might be able to get you. Maybe back in the one seed conversation a little bit. I don't know. We got some important basketball coming up over the next month. Very quickly, back to Houston and Iowa State. Just one thing: the total on that's one twenty-seven point five, and they're both in the top three. Houston number one and Iowa State number three in adjusted defense. I kind of like that under. Maybe that's going to be a fun game to watch in the sake in the sense of like they're probably just going to be beating the hell out of each other. Exactly. 
We, hopefully the officials kind of let them do it. But, yeah, if you got two top five defenses, the under does seem like the play there. Hour one of the books. We'll kick off hour two with a segment we call About Last Night. Sam will tell you what you missed this weekend. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. 